Hi, I'm Whitney. And I'm Taylor. And we are Zigo Sisters. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Today, Whitney's going to be very happy because we are finishing the astrology series. Yay! Yes. So we're going to finish up with all the astrology stuff. I have decided to leave fortune telling for its own little series because it turns out there's a bunch of different types of fortune telling. And some of them are like really freaking crazy, like looking at the liver of sacrificed victims, like that kind of shit. And I was like, ma'am, I have to get into this. <laughs> like human sacrifice? Victims? I think both animal and human. I mean, I think the fortune there is not good. For that person, sure. <laughs> so I don't quite understand why. Okay. Well, so typically you're sacrificing somebody in a ritualistic kind of thing. So if you sacrifice them and then you look at the liver and it tells you good things, then I guess... It's you did good? a good job sacrificing. Good job sacrificing. Good job, murder. <laughs> good murder, y'all. Good murder. I just, as I was looking through it, I was like, yeah, this shit weird. I'm gonna have to go into this a little bit further. So we're gonna finish with Born on the Cusp Babies, which you're gonna be very upset because it's really not, there's not a lot of in-depth stuff about it. We're gonna look into angel numbers. We're going to look into retrograde planets how horoscopes are built and I'm going to finish with numerology because how horoscopes are built are going to make you want to cry. So I'm going to finish with the thing that won't make you want to cry. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I mean, even I, like, as I was looking at it, I was like, the fuck did I just read? <laughs> like I, no. I don't, I don't even think my explanation of it is going to be good. It was that confusing. Then, so, then why? Uh, blah, blah. Okay. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So let's get into our born on the cusp babies. Me. These are you. These are exactly what they sound like. They are babies that were born when one particular sign is rising and the other is setting. Mm -hmm. So it symbolizes moments of change, endings and beginnings, compromise and surprises. And Basically, it means that you kind of share characteristics between those two signs. You may Which is true. Be, you are technically a... Aries. An Aries. Okay. Well, so you're technically... An being on the 19th, I'm Aries because that's, that's the cusp yes. of it. But yes. the time that I was born makes me a Taurus. Right. And so you you share, like we've talked about throughout this whole thing, like you feel like parts of Taurus match you and parts of Aries match you. And that's true of all cusp babies. They tend to feel everything. But as I was also looking into everything, everybody has different parts of different signs. It's just a matter of where the planets and the sun and the moon are aligned that determines what signs you feel the most. So I'm not special is what you're saying? You're more special than others. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so the dates of the cusp babies, 
there's a span, a range. You are like the cuspis that you can get. Yeah. So the age range or the date range for. I am the cusp, baby. <laughs> I'm what? the definition of cusp, bitch. Cusp. So. <laughs> cusp. I feel like you have to really <laughs> emphasize the P at the end. The cusp. Yep. I'm sure our listeners greatly appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. Capricorn and Aries cusp is going to be January 16th to January 22nd. So if you're born in between those dates, you're technically a cusp baby. Aquarius and Pisces are going to be February 15th to February 21st. Pisces Aries is March 17th to March 23rd. So I just missed being a cusp baby by two days. Mm. And then Aries Taurus is April 19th to April 22nd. I'm sorry, not April 19th, April 16th to 18th, April 22nd. And Taurus Gemini is May 17th to May 23rd. Gemini Cancer is June 17th to June 23rd. Numbers mean nothing to me now. I was going to say, so now I'm really confused because you started off by saying like Aries and something is January and Aries and something sorry. is February. I may have said that wrong. Capricorn and Aquarius. Oh, okay. Because I was like, why is Aries like bouncing around from April to January? And- is it special? No. Yeah, no. Capricorn Aquarius is January 16th to the 22nd. Okay. Cancer Leo is July 19th through 25th. Leo Virgo is August 19th through 25th. Virgo Leo is September 19th through 25th. Libra Scorpio is October 19th through 25th. Scorpio Sagittarius is November 18th through 24th. And then Sagittarius Capricorn is December 18th through 24th. Hmm. So that's really, I I thought it was interesting. You are the only cusp baby in our family. Uh, I am. Because I am a cusp. Mom and I missed, you are a cusp. Mom and I missed it by two days. So, ah, yeah. Ah, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> <laughs> and that is literally all there is on cusp babies. I looked at several different sources and that's all there is. And I was real excited about it because I was like, I really want to understand this more. And they were like, it's literally just what it sounds like. Well, I am enraged. And <laughs> when he's like, unsubscribe, <laughs> I am done with this series. Well, it's a good thing this is the last episode. Thank God. <laughs> so, Isn't that one of my Aries traits? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of them is starting the project and then getting over it real fast, just like the pumpkins. Oh, yeah. The pumpkins. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Whitney and I, one time whenever our parents were in, where were they? They were like in Scotland or something like that. Was that that time they were in Scotland? I don't know. I don't know. They were on vacation and we decided that we were going to get pumpkins and we were going to carve it. And we got through like maybe scooping out the inside. Yeah, I was going to say we just started carving. We gutted it. Oh, no, it was yeah, we gutted poking. it and we were poking it and God, that was obnoxious. So yeah. And she flat out was just like, she got through one eye of her design and she was like, I'm over this and went inside. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I finished it eventually, but I was like, fuck, God, like, why, yeah. 
They should have like, instead of, I'm sure there's something like this out there. So don't yell at me if you guys are like, you're a fucking idiot. But they should have like tiny little hand saws that are like battery operated. And it's just like, so you can just like Like an electric carver. Yeah. But like (laughs) tiny. So you can do it on a pumpkin and you don't have to sit there and like, because it takes some muscle. It does. It does. And I don't want to. I'm really excited for whenever you get married and have kids and your kids are like, I want to do pumpkins. I'm going to have to warn your, your partners, like just an FYI, she's not going to do pumpkins. Now, <laughs> wait a second. They said, I want to do pumpkins. Totes my goat's cool with it. You can do pumpkins. Mommy will sit there with an adult beverage and supervise. <laughs> I immediately, like, the second you were like, you can do pumpkins, I pictured you in a lawn chair with a glass of wine. Like, that's great, sweetie. (laughs) Wow, you, like, are in my head. Because that's exactly what Uh I was picturing. Maybe not, like, a lawn chair, but, like, a lounge chair. Yeah. Like, maybe we lay tarps down inside so I don't even have to go outside. (laughs) This is all tracking, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Okay. So next one is angel numbers. And every time you start with angel numbers, I think you're going to say angel dust. Sorry, that's a drug. (laughs) (laughs) You're my angel dust. (laughs) Sweet pea. We don't call you names. Do you like sweet pea? Okay. So what are angel numbers? There are over 4,000 angel numbers. We're not going over all of them. I refuse. That's ridiculous. They are a... Why? Why are there so many? What? What? (laughs) There are a a sequence of numbers that carry divine guidance by referring to a specific numerological meaning. And I figured out that these meanings are combinations of the single digit energies. So one through nine has each of those numbers has a particular energy associated with it. And whenever you have certain numbers together, they mean certain things. So these are considered messages from the spirit realm and our communication with your guardian angel or your spirit guides or whatever you want to call it. So when you asked me, cause you texted me a couple days ago and you were like, do you have a reoccurring number? And I was like, no, does that mean I don't have a spirit guide? Mm-mm. It just means that you may not, your spirit guide may not need to talk to you. They may not need to get a message across to you. I, I didn't want to talk to you anyways. <laughs> Fuck you. Mine seems to be 238. I seem to, I see, I tend to recognize that number pretty frequent, frequently. And dad's is 714, 714, because we are constantly, I don't know how many times we've been doing something. He's like, hey, 714. Yeah. And it's just a thing. And I so even I actually like, went through. if I see 714, I'm like, oh, hey, it's 714. But I, yeah, I'm not same. like, for me, I'm like, oh, dad would be so happy. Yeah. But like, so I don't think I mom actually, has a number. Yeah, I don't think so either. If she does, she's never brought one up. Yeah, so I went on ahead and broke down 714. Because that, it happens to be, I mean, every single number has a meaning to it. It's just the fact that you see it constantly is what makes it an angel number. They uncover messages about various aspects of your life. And depending on the numbers involved, it can have different themes, love, purpose, balance, abundance, courage, and personal growth. And you might be seeing them because 
they want to your spirit guides might want to make you aware of something significant or they might want to give you a nudge in the right direction or tell you you're doing the right thing or give you a warning about something that's coming up so they can be there's a question of whether these can be considered negative but really that's subjective it's not meant to be a number that you fear or something that predicts doom like it's not going to be like you know 714 means that you're going to die on J- July 14th or something like that. It doesn't okay, mean that. But I totally had that thought of like, what if, sorry, dad, what if he does pass away on like 714 at 714 of the year 2714? That's right. He's, he's 700 mortal, something years old. No, because he died. He's a vampire. Okay, I'll accept it. <laughs> but I was like, so what if that's like what he's been like going through his whole life is it's building up to, I mean, like I said, I'm going to die on Thanksgiving. So like, what if for him, he's going to die on 714? So once you find out what the 714 number means, you're, you'll, that's not what's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> so basically these can work as wake up calls or periods for you to reflect on or catalysts for change. So like I said, I went through and I broke down 714. It's a combination of the energies from the number seven, the number one, and the number four. So number seven means spiritual awakening, inner wisdom, and seeking knowledge. Number one means new beginnings, leadership, and individuality. And number four is hard work, patience and practicality which knowing our dad mm-hmm. that is spot on for every goddamn number <laughs> so 714 when you pull all those together it's a sign from your spirit guides that you are on the right path and to keep pushing through challenges and stay focused on your dreams okay so Basically, what this means is that every time dad sees 714 and recognizes 714, it's supposedly his spirit guides coming forward and saying, you're doing the right thing. Just keep going. Keep pushing through the hardships. You'll get there. Okay. Whether or not you take any credence in that is totally different, but that's what angel numbers are supposedly supposed to be. I'm just. Okay. Like, I don't know how I feel about it because I feel like now this is just one, not spirit. Yeah, one spirit that's just like a broken record. You got it, honey. You're doing so, it so could very well. well. It could very well be a. So you may, like, they said that some people may never see spirit numbers or angel numbers. Well, that's some just people rude. May see them. Some people may see them every day. Some people may see one through one part of their life and then it switches to a different one. So it's kind of a, if, if you are going through a period where you need reassurance that what you're doing is correct and the path that you're on is correct, then maybe that number shows up more frequently for you. Hmm. So just, I, I'm not quite sure what I believe, but I think it's interesting that the, that dad sees that all the time. The numbers that are associated with it describe his qualities very well. And that it, it's very much, you're doing the right thing kind of thing. Yeah. See, now I feel like we are getting into the horoscopy part where I'm at the, it's 
it's broad so that it can apply to anything. Exactly. Like you could probably yeah. say anyone fits those numbers in sure. any capacity. Like you can just. I fit those numbers. Yeah. Like, so. Mm, I don't know. I'm getting to where yeah. it's all like a moot point and I'm just like, ah, sure. you know, it's just move. <laughs> you know, it's bad whenever Joey makes sense. Exactly. So, no, I completely agree with you. It's it's a a pure, some people are like, it's a sign. And some people are like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I, I just see this number all the time. And I think that is a little bit more on the, I just see this number all the time. And that's, I think so, I'm kind of the same way too. Like, I don't, I, I think it's more coincidental than it is a sign from the spirit realm. Yeah, it could be. Maybe that's why I'm not seeing one. Is they're like, she wouldn't fucking appreciate it anyway. So, who knows? (laughs) Ungrateful bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, that is, that's the wrap up for angel numbers. Retrograde planets are the next one. And this, it's not terrible. I'll start by saying that. It's not terrible. It's just a lot of information. I was going to say, you and I have gone through this. On a, on a completely separate note some other time, right? Or we didn't get too far into it? No, so we kind of went over it. I'm going to go a little bit further into it. Okay. So, the first thing that we have to understand is that retrograde means something different in astrology versus astronomy. So, in astronomy, retrograde is the illusionary, illusionary effect that planets appear to backtrack in the sky as earth passes them. So if you imagine that I'm getting there, (laughs) calm down. So it has to do with the fact that all of the planets orbit around the, the sun at different speeds. So Mercury and Venus orbit faster than earth. And then all the rest of the planets orbit slower than earth. Mm -hmm. And because of this, the paths earth will I'm trying to do this so that I can kind of explain it. You've got earth at one point in the sky and you've got the other planet. Let's say that the other planet is in line with it. Okay. At some point they're going to catch up to one another. So let's imagine earth and Mars. So Mars is rotating or is orbiting slower than earth. Mm -hmm. Earth is going to catch up to Mars. And in doing so your line of sight from earth to Mars is going to make it look like Mars is ahead of you. For a few seconds, it's going to, or a few seconds, a few nights, it's going to appear to be in the same plane for the most part. Okay. But then at some point, because Earth moves faster than Mars, it's going to start to overtake Mars. So its view, its perspective of Mars is going to make it look like Mars is actually moving this way versus moving, is moving clockwise versus counterclockwise. Okay. Eventually, yeah, eventually you're going to end up to where you get so far ahead of Mars that you end up moving in the same direction again. Yeah. That makes and sense. And that's what it makes it. Okay. It's so kind of like a makes it look like it's backtracking. Like sometimes cars, uh, you know, sometimes you're in a car and you're like looking over and you're like, Oh God, it looks like they're going in reverse or something like that. And then all of a sudden you realize y'all are going the same, same direction. Just there you're somehow slower than you or like you guys just they slowed down just a smidge at the same time that you sped up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Let me see where I am. So in astrology, retrograde means the disappearance of a planet f- 
from the birth chart kind of thing, meaning that you have a normal motion, it's called direct, and then they've got retrograde motion, which means that it's a contradiction to normal flow. So from what I saw... But it doesn't have anything to do with astronomy of retrograde. As far as I know, no. Okay. Because our every single... Yeah, because it says that every single year, Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto experience retrograde, but I want to say that they, they don't so slow. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't come into our orbit that often. Right. I, I find it difficult. So yeah, they must not be connected okay. to one another like that. So there are eight different types of retrogrades that vary in shape. We're not going over all of them. They're basically loop shapes, and it depends on how close you are to Earth that determines the shape of the loop. And because there's eight other planets outside of Earth, there are eight different shapes. So our loop shapes are going to be more exaggerated for Venus, Mercury, and Mars because they're very close to Earth. So they're going to be more oval in nature. These are going to be the most personal, the most challenging, and the ones that require the biggest adjustments when we come into what retrograde actually means. Okay. Okay. So when I say in retrograde, it means like if you were looking at it relative to, if you were drawing it, Mm -hmm. your loop would be really, really large. Yeah. Jupiter and Saturn are going to be more flattened than the first three. These pop in about 33% of the time. So these are going to be less personal, less challenging because they're farther away from Earth. And then the outer planets occur 40% of the time. And most people have one in retrograde because they're just so far out. They're generational. So they can last years in retrograde. Okay. Some people experience retrograde as a disruptive thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Retrograde can be good and bad depending on the proximity of it and what your house is and all that kind of stuff. Some of them can work to in can work to mute out other houses. Some of them can work to enhance other houses. Some of them, when one's going into retrograde, something else is currently in retrograde and they end up canceling each other out. There's a bunch of things that go into it. Okay. So having a retrograde in a birth chart is a person that needs to deviate from the norm from time to time. Most people have two to three planets in retrograde. Mercury, Venus, or Mars? Where, like, what? I don't remember seeing anything in the birth chart about retrograde shit. This is, I'm upset. Yeah, so I noticed that too, because I was like, I want to know what my retrograde planets are. Out of, out of curiosity, I found a site that will do it. So if you go to that link I just put, and I will put this link in the show notes, just in case anybody else wants to check out their retro, retrograde planets. Re- Unfortunately, retro. retro. Unfortunately, you have to go through planet by planet and click and see if it's in retrograde. Uh, so. Gross. What What yeah. did you send me to? Gave what do you me mean? Errand. Oh, shut up. God. <laughs> okay. So you have three planets in retrograde. So what it means, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, if you have those in retrograde, you need to focus on your inner life and you may perceive 
perceive things very subjectively, which means that you might, instead of looking at big pictures and stuff, you might look at things with emotion instead of logic and that kind of stuff. But you don't have those. I have Mercury in retrograde in mine. Hmm. So Jupiter and Saturn, you might feel out of step with the dominant culture and feel desire to change society. So people that tend to make large movements like civil rights movement and that kind of stuff, they tend to have Jupiter. Jerp- Jupiter, Jupiter Jer- or Saturn, Jupiter. <laughs> Jupiter or Saturn in retrograde. Okay. Now the outer planets, these are generational and these are people that tend to feel out of step with current trends. And this is 100% me. So you have all three of your planets are the outer planets, which means that you really, really feel out of step with current trends. And yeah. you are a very, they have said since you were little, you are an old soul. And that makes a lot of sense. I am the so, oldest, the oldest soul mm-hmm. to have ever olded yes. and sold. So I had Mercury and Pluto in retrograde. So I also feel slightly Wait, out of step with current trends. You only had two? What? Why do I, I have three? What the fuck is wrong with know. me? Stupid cusp. This is its fault. So it's okay to have, most people have two to three. Anybody that has over three planets in retrograde is rare. So this is a person. <laughs> you were going to say like a trade wreck or something. You know, I was like, <laughs> God damn, Taylor. I mean, so this is a person who is largely out of step with the world around them. Strongly devoted to finding their own unique path. These are the people that are literally like, I should have been born in a different era. For the last three? For Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto? Or for just anyone who's got more than three out of? Anybody who's got more than three out of the eight. So what do the different planets actually mean Mm -hmm. when things, when they actually go into retrograde? So we've already talked about what the planets mean, but when they go into retrograde. So starting with Mercury... Mercury goes into retrograde every four months. Well, that's just rude. It's going into retrograde again next from August 23rd to September 15th. Start of school. uh And then again from December 13th to January 1st. So New Year. It's just rude. It's rude. Yeah. The bad part about Mercury going into retrograde is that things just don't go as planned. Communication, technology, and travel tend to break down. Items might mysteriously go missing during the retrograde. Oh, now I'm like, I I don't remember when it was, but when my Oreo cupcake disappeared. Yeah. I want to know if Mercury was in retrograde, but I don't remember the timing of that whatsoever. But I looked everywhere for that fucking cupcake and it just fucking (laughs) vanished. It literally was like yeeted into a different dimension. Like, yeah, I don't. What if it's like Stranger Things and it's actually... On the under, the underside. In the upside down. The upside down, yeah. And there's just like a cupcake. Just like chilling. (laughs) Chilling. Chilling on a a counter somewhere. And it's just like, (laughs) what will all be found? (laughs) So, in addition, it feels like forward movement is impossible during this. Agreements that are made during the retrograde tend to unravel when the retrograde ends. So, starting a new relationship... Going into negotiations, getting married, that kind of stuff possibly could be undone whenever retrograde's over. Now, I mean, I'm not going to be like, stars, can't do it. Not today. (laughs) Like, I'm not not going to. If it, I'm going to plan mine around the weather because 
fuck this heat. There's no fucking way. I mean, also like having an outdoor wedding. I don't know if I would do that to begin with. This also is not a podcast about planning my future wedding, but I'm just saying I'm not going to plan events and shit around the planets doing whatever the fuck they feel like. Fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So the good part about Mercury going into retrograde is that you can gain 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 a greater objectivity in an area of your life. So you can start to look at things a little bit more objectively. And it gives you the opportunity as things unravel to approach different aspects in your life differently. Okay. Okay. So Venus goes into retrograde every 18 months. It is from July 22nd to September 22nd. We just went into Venus retrograde. Wait, July or January? July. July. I thought you said January and I was like, what the fuck? Venus is just like, <laughs> ooh, the whole year? Like, what the fuck? Okay, July. So, yes. The effects of this is it can cause romantic standoffs as problems start to appear or reappear in your relationships. But it gives you the opportunity to hash out deep romantic misgivings. Oh, gosh. Relationships that are started under the Venus retrograde can feel like the like it's literally just crafted to push your buttons. It just is a tiresome kind of thing. Mm. But it's crafted to teach you a lesson, even if that lesson can be very ruthless. Mm. It can fill you with buyer's remorse if you make a large purchase. Which you just get buyer's remorse all the yeah, time. Yeah, I was so. like, that's every day for me. There's no retrograde. Mm-hmm. It's just every day. It is not the time for changes oh. in your appearance. <laughs> it is oh. not the time. <laughs> it is not the time, Sophie. God damn. <laughs> Oh, gosh, you're making me wheeze. You might have to keep that one in. Uh Uh-huh. So this is not the time for changes in your appearance or your beauty regimen, which is literally what I just did. I was like, I'm going to do all the things different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But that's pretty on par with you. You just like like to change random shit. And then you text me and I'm like, this sounds about right. Yeah. Like whenever I texted you and I was like... I'm making candle melts and y'all were like, yup. Yup. <laughs> the last bit of the effects of Venus are you definitely should not like do some heavy drinking, get a lot of food. You should not be, as I put it in my notes, don't be a hedonistic hoe. Hey. <laughs> so. Ho. Ho. I mean, I um, definitely just had like a whole appetizer of queso fundido and it was fucking delicious. I got myself a giant Alfredo pizza and garlic breadsticks and an order of cinnamon rolls from CeCe's. And now I'm really upset because I don't have any sort of cake downstairs and that's upsetting. So like, that is upsetting. Why should we not do this? Right. I like, I sometimes it just calls for it. You just need to be a hedonistic hoe sometimes. Yeah, but Venus says no. Mar. Venus says no. Mars goes into retrograde every 26 months. And this is going to be in retrograde next from October 30th to January 12th. Okay. The effects of Mars are going to be planned. Oh, gosh. Plans initiated while Mars is in retrograde tend to go nowhere very slowly. Your motivation to get shit done dies down. 
likely to confront the parts of ourselves that we hold back from polite society. So like things that they're like, you know, don't fart in public kind of thing. We confront those kinds of things. Obviously by, something a little deeper than don't fart in public, but I was going to say, so you confront uh, it by farting in public. You confront it by looking more into why is this a part that we hold back? What, do, is okay. this something about myself I want to change? That kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So, so still not quite like what I was thinking as far as like, why do women have to wear bras? Why does society think it's acceptable that we have to spend 80 fucking dollars on a goddamn bra just because you're uncomfortable with my nipples? Yep. Okay. <laughs> so people tend to be angrier. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's just me in general because I don't believe it's in retrograde. It's not. It's not for a couple months. Okay. Sorry, y'all. They tend to get into unresolved conflicts. They tend, it's an opportunity to re-examine what we're doing, where we're going and why, and allows us to rewrite basically the path that we're on and be refreshed at the end of the retrograde. Okay. So Jupiter goes into retrograde every nine months. That one's coming in September 4th to December 30th. And the effects of this are going to be, it brings detours to what we think is our path and it provides course corrections. Dislike. Retrospection. Unsubscribe. Yeah. yeah. Retrospection for, you know, what have I been doing in the past and, you know, what can be different. Questions for the laws of the house that it's currently retrograding in. So I haven't looked to see what house Jupiter is retrograding in, but you know, if it's in the house of the self, then you're going to question the laws of the house of the self. I don't want to question anything. I do that enough on my own that I don't need a planet to tell me, hey, you're going to do it again. Like, I don't. Maybe, no. Maybe Jupiter is always in retrograde for you. <laughs> maybe Jupiter just doesn't exist for me. It's like, ha, 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 maybe. sorry. Maybe. It's the opportunity to find blessings and potential. Restoration or reaffirmation in faith, and it allows you to go on an inner journey of self-realization. Okay. So Saturn goes into retrograde every year. We're getting into the ones that are more generational because they take forever. So currently, Saturn is in retrograde. It went into retrograde June 17th and will end on November 4th. This puts an effect of pressure a sense of burden, a sense of fear, and a sense of frustration. Mm, felt. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I feel you, Saturn. What's up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a revisit to form or structure, people reevaluating what that means. And it is a reprieve from boundaries, limits, responsibilities, discipline, and authority, which is literally everything you've dealt with with your students or your kids at your job. Mm-hmm. Felt. Yeah. Felt. So Uranus goes into retrograde every year. The next one is August 28th through January 22nd. Of this year? Yeah. Yes. Okay. You said every year. My bad. Every year. Mm -hmm. Yes. The effects are typically shocking events and things that are unpredictable. What's really scary about that is that it's going to be in retrograde at the same time Jupiter is. And Jupiter is supposed to bring detours and course corrections. I mean, what else can happen? Yeah. We already know about aliens. Mm-hmm. Like, there's the, I mean, okay, I'm not going to say it because then someone will be like, Whitney, you fucked us up. But, like, what else can happen? Legit, though. 
I get you. Life as a millennial. (laughs) So this forces us to face things we struggle to confront, but we already know. So things that you already know about yourself, like I know that I eat too much and I should take care of myself better, but I don't. And that's something that maybe whenever August 28th hits, I'm going to be like, it should really focus on that. It's an opportunity for a wake up call. I was saying the good news is you have until August 28th to not worry about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It also calls for a better objectivity, a cooler and more even approach to problems. Mm, Okay. So also currently in retrograde is Neptune. It goes into retrograde every year. It is in retrograde from June 30th to December 6th. It leaves us to leaves us face to face with harsh and painful realities and it helps us find a deeper meaning in our existence belt Uh uh-huh it's rude and then pluto again currently in retrograde so we've got four planet one two three four yeah four in retrograde right now we're about to have five may 1st to october 10th Its effects makes us look at our deepest and darkest selves and gives us the opportunity to dive into psychic and subconscious material. Yeah, all of these are just rude. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, retrogrades suck, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good thing. Like a couple of them, you're like, and then you can like, ah, and it's like flowery and stuff. But the rest of it is like, yeah, shit's gonna suck. Shit fucking sucks. Yeah, so I don't know if it's common for there to be like, four or five planets in retrograde That's, all at once. I was like, what happens if like all of them, I mean, I guess the world ends if all of them are in retrograde. Has that ever happened? Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Two times in the past 15,000 years and five times in the next 15,000 years, all retro, all planets will be in retrograde as observed from Earth. One time was Pompeii, wasn't it? I don't know. It doesn't say what the two times were. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, but yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a fucking thing it's gonna suck Hmm. so that is the retrograde planets alrighty and yes one thing I forgot to mention is we're gonna talk about moon phases god damn it okay what are the moon phases are we doing that right now yes okay so moon phases tell us a each moon phase gives a different energy and moon mapping is important for inner self work. So this is what you, what you're looking for. Can what I, current phase we're in. Can I find my moon, my, my moon map? Is this a thing? Moon mapping is just what current phase are we in and what does it mean for what you should be focusing oh, on? Oh, okay. So it's not, not like when I was born kind of like moon. No, no. Moon, moon. Um, however, Moon phases do come into horoscope building. So it kind of does a little bit. So this is more of a, how do we approach daily projects and tasks and that kind of thing? And how should you be focusing on them as we pass into different moon phases? So we're going to start with the new moon. New moon stands for new beginnings. And Apparently, so this was something I came across. If you make a wish or wishes within the first 48 hours of the new moon, they can come true in the days or months ahead. When you wish. I'm not going to finish it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to get sued. That is the one that I'm like, yeah, that one we would. Yep. Mm -hmm." They would be like, I found you. 
They're like, yeah. you guys aren't popular in any way, shape, or form, but pay me. <laughs> pay me, bitches. So. so there is an air of enthusiasm in the atmosphere. This is a really good time to start projects and follow your impulses. So okay. I just got really yeah. excited because now I'm like, okay, what is the full moon though? But I guess we're okay. not there yet. We're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to go all the way around to the full moon. Okay. So the next one is the whacking, whacking, waxing crescent. This is where we start to see a slowdown in enthusiasm, but it's not necessarily a vanishing in the enthusiasm. It's more of a, instead of being excited to start the project, now you want to produce results from the project. So values become part of the equation, equation, whether or not this is actually serving you in any way. Mm -hmm. So you want to tie together data so that you can start to see what opportunities can be pulled from that. Assuming that the project is worthwhile and you determine that, yes, you want to continue with it, you should continue initiating and progressing it and gain more information and input from others to keep those things going. So first quarter is where emotions start to come into play. So enthusiasm starts to pull back a little bit more. Projects that were started should increase personal security so that they are worthwhile. So basically, if you're going through and you determine that this actually doesn't provide any kind of security to you, you're not going to continue the project. Follow your gut instincts, use your sixth senses or your sixth sense. And you might come across obstacles that require reevaluation for how to integrate better into your immediate environment. Okay. Okay. So gibbous is G whenever distress gibbous wait for it there's some weird ones okay gibbous is whenever distractions start to press in basically it's your mind going i don't want to do this anymore and you having to persevere through it so pe people tend to focus more on analysis and reevaluation during this time and they try to process information and integrate the aims of the project with the people in the environment it's a good time to organize things hmm. and uh-huh it's suited for synthesis basically a plan to get from point A to point B and adjustment of that plan. Okay. So the full moon, this is a point at which all of your me, 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 me kind of thinking, the self-absorption is lifted and you start to look at others with an unbiased view. You mm. can see yourself objectively. It starts to stir emotions because you're seeing what's happening. So all of the work that you've put in for the past few days and working on these projects and stuff, if you're seeing that it's not really making a change or something like that, you could become upset. So if it's beneficial and you're like, yeah, I'm making the changes that I'm happy about, you'll you'll be like, yay, that's great. I'm doing good. But if you find out that it's really just not serving you in any way, you're going to be upset. Okay. You can use it for a point of if that phase is disappointing, then you should just kind of hang in there till the next new moon so that you can look for another point to change. Okay. Cause I've always heard people are fucking nuts. It must be a full moon. Yes. I've heard that too. And that makes sense. If people are realizing that they're stuck in their place and they're not making positive changes and stuff like that. Then... Yeah. But part of what you said is also looking at other people and their needs and stuff so like 
So it's not necessarily that it's seeing people unbiased. So whether you like somebody or don't like somebody, it's looking at them with a completely objective viewpoint. Mm. So it would be like you like if you're dating somebody and you really, really like them and stuff like that, all of a sudden you're looking at them and that like is kind of being pushed aside and you're seeing them for who they are. And that can be a good or bad thing. Mm. Okay. So the next one is a disseminating moon. It is a transmutation. This is the point where you get that final creative burst. You start to see a very clear view of your needs you have a core change within you, you seek higher guidance, and you share what you learned with others and all that stuff. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Then the last quarter, this is the moment where you start to reap the goods that you've sown so far. So this is where you complete whatever you've been working on. You recognize how far you've come. You reflect on how you've been using your time and what was accomplished. You might have some issues with authority popping up. And you take responsibility for act- actively tying up loose ends of projects that you may have started and abandoned over the mm. course of the month. Okay. And then the last one is the balsamic moon. Balsamic vinaigrette? That's what I thought. I put, like, tasty? <laughs> I mean, or maybe that's, maybe that's where it was created. They were in that moon and they were like, what phase is this? We should ta- name this after something celestial (laughs) and they were like the balsamic vinaigrette (laughs) i have no idea (laughs) this is a point for rest reevaluation, and reflection you really shouldn't start anything during this time period you should be looking at inner sources of strength and spend time with your friends get in touch with big pictures look objectively at life and see what's important to you so they did not Um, create it during this time because that's not Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. so dreams and aspirations and then this is the opportunity to prepare for the new moon that's coming up okay those are the moon phases (laughs) now i really want a salad you mean Ooh, yeah a nice balsamic vinaigrette with like some fresh strawberries and some candied pecans and some goat cheese oh i had in south korea we went to a restaurant called Lemon Table and they had this goat cheese and balsamic honey mm. pizza that was so good. I was like, what the actual, oh no, it's not goat, goat cheese, gorgonzola and no. uh, balsamic vinegar with honey. Like you lost me. Oh, it was so good. I like, but I dream about that pizza. I was going to say La Madeline has a, a spinach strawberry salad. That I think comes with like a strawberry vinaigrette. So we kind of moved off of balsamic. But there was one time I didn't finish it. And I took it home. And I sauteed that up. And it was so good. Oh, Yeah. It was yeah. delicious. But anyways. Look at that. Longevity for, for meals. I really want to. Sponsor us. <laughs> really want a salad, y'all. Sponsor us, LaMadeline. Uh, anyway. Okay. Anyone with a salad. You can sponsor us right now. That's cool. Yeah. Salada. That'd be good. Oh, Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so the next part is horoscopes and this part is going to make you want to scream so horoscopes horoscopes mar, mar, yes mar, mar, mar. <laughs> so i looked only at western astrology 
I did not get into Eastern astrology with this because Western astrology was bad enough. I found this information on astrology.care and from a person that writes horoscopes for the Michigan Daily. His name is Andrew Nakamura. So it is. I'm like, what? What? Like, I feel like if, if you had that job, I had a lot of thoughts that just came into my head. I feel like if you had that job, that you are a horoscope writer, it would be like on Friends when Phoebe is dating the therapist and they're like, oh, define me. <laughs> it makes me think that that's people would be like, what do you do for a living? And they're like, oh, I write horoscopes. And they're like, really? What's my love life going to be? What's, really? What's going to happen? Am yeah. I going to like, am I going to find the one? Am I going to like get married? Definitely so, not in Mercury retrograde, Mars, Moon, oh my God. separate. I don't know, whatever. Oh my goodness. So these are, depending on what kind of horoscope you're getting, you're looking at different aspects. So daily horoscopes are done based on the moon. Monthly horoscopes are done based on Mars, Venus, Mercury, and the sun. Yearly horoscopes are done based on Saturn and Jupiter. And then many year horoscopes are done based on Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus. So I looking through Andrew's representation of how he goes about writing horoscopes. I was like, my dude, like, I don't know how you keep 90% of this shit straight. I don't know how you do this for all 12 signs. And I don't know how you do this daily. Like, I don't, there's a reason I'm not in this profession clearly because that made, it stressed me out. So now it makes me wonder, like, cause you said daily and they obviously have horoscopes on the weekend. So like, mm -hmm. can he work ahead? I think so because you can create a birth chart for, so that's actually part of it. Creating a birth chart for the day that you're going to be writing for and then using that information to do horoscopes. So you can technically work a full week ahead or even a full month ahead if you wanted. Hell, why not a full year ahead? Why not? Do it. Either way, it's it stressed me the fuck out whenever what I started if, putting this together. That's exactly what he did. And he was like, you know what? I think I want to go out of town for a whole month and a half. And so he just was like, and then like had it on auto send to his editor and he was like eh if he managed to do a whole month's worth of horoscopes like that man deserves a, a prize like his prize was going on a month and a half long vacation <laughs> that's true that's true so in my notes i started this with this shit is intense <laughs> because the more i read it the more i was like I don't know what the fuck I just read. So cool. I'm going to do my best okay. with this. We're going to try. The first step is getting a natal chart for the day in question to see what planets are doing, the transits, what houses they're in, and all of that stuff. What so phases they are. when you say getting a natal chart, like whenever I went in and was like, I was born on this day on blah, 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 blah. They would put, I, like, I was born, what's today? August 2nd. 2003 at 8 47 p.m yep and then based on that create a horoscope yep i like that you live in 2003 and not 2023 you know <laughs> <laughs> times were much easier back then i was way younger <laughs> i was in high school <laughs> i was in junior high 
you were starting as a freshman, I think. Gross. Yeah. We so young. Okay. Oh, yeah, I was. So, okay. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you start by looking at what planets are in what houses, what planets are retrograding, what planets are in aspect and transit, and what phase the moon is in. I already see your face. I was already there with you. Okay. From there, you have to look at each individual sign. You look at what house that sign is in to indicate what the sign should focus on during that time period. Then you look at what planets are in the house and then all of the other houses and see what their movements are, their aspects, and their transits are in relation to other planets. And that tells you information about what they should be focusing on. Then you look at the phase that the moon is in and write eloquently something. A lot of it, I almost took it as it could be a form of creative writing because it is a very like. Well, yeah, because I mean, half the time, nobody knows what you're talking about. I I mean, like like, their majority, I would say, okay, don't at me if you're like super into it. But majority of people that are like, what's my horoscope? Don't actually know any of this background. And so they're just like, what's my horoscope? So you could literally be like, you're going to fart on a cloud today. And you'd be like, okay, I'm going to fart on a cloud today. Because you have no frame of reference where anything comes from. And so you could literally just flower it up. So maybe you don't fart on a cloud. Maybe you are flatulent in the presence of an air-formed being. I got... (laughs) I got my own creative writing going on. You did. So. I liked it. You know. So that was as far as I, like, as my brain could get into that. Like, he goes, if you really are interested in looking up, this is for the readers, because I know, or for the listeners, because I know Whitney's not going to look into this. Nope. His name is Andrew Nakamura with the Michigan Daily. He does an entire article that kind of does a high level step by step of how he creates all of his horoscopes and it was a fascinating read i just don't have the maybe because i don't have it sitting in front of me and i can't watch somebody do it i can't understand exactly what he's doing and i thought for sure that horoscopes would be a lot easier than mm-hmm what I came across. So whenever I came across it, I was like, shit, this is almost as bad as just the birth chart itself. Yeah. Yeah. It was intense. Okay. So I'm going to finish with something not as intense. Great. And you actually can do this right along with me if you want to. Hooray. Everybody can do this right along with me. I like involvement in activities. (laughs) What am I doing? Yes. You just need a piece of paper. Oh, you lost me. I don't have that shit. What the fuck? Or an ability to type on your computer. Okay. Or on your phone. No. Nope. That works too. I'm typing on the computer. Okay. No, I'll okay. type on my phone. It's quieter. You won't have to edit that up. Okay. Okay. The history of numerology started way, way back with the Egyptians and the Babylonians. And you also see it in Rome and China and all in Japan and Greece and stuff. But it was really, really big in ancient Egypt and ancient Babylon. It really takes off when our good friend Pythagoras comes on the scene. If you remember the Pythagorean theorem, he is a very brilliant, was a brilliant philosopher and a mathematician. And he really got into Chaldean numerology. If you remember way back when I was talking about the history of 
astrology, Chaldean is what we called ancient Egyptians. I'm sorry, no, Babylonians, whenever they got assimilated into the Greeks. Is your phone on? So he believed. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> she sent me the Pythagorean theorem just to, to prove. <laughs> so I also sent you. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh-huh. A squared yeah, plus so B now- squared equals C squared. Yes. Now she's just responding to all my my things just through phone. You said I needed a phone and this was an interactive activity. It's going to be in like five minutes. Calm down. Five <laughs> minutes? Not five minutes. Like two minutes. Calm down. Two so, minutes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he believes that the world was built on the power of numbers and that everything in the planet can be translated to numbers, usually single digits. And I put in my notes, sounds like a Whitney nightmare, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So Pythagorean number system is used in modern numerology, and we basically assign letters to numerical values. Decoder we rings. See this kind of, yeah. So we also see this in religion, where 666 is the number of the beast, 888 is the number for Jesus. I didn't know that was a thing, but sure. Why? Um, what? How? I don't know. What? what? I don't know like, why eight. I need more information. <laughs> All right. So tarot cards are also numbered. Four is a bad luck number in China. You know, 13 is a bad luck number here, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you create a numerology portrait based on different calculations color by so numbers this is a, no if only this was a personalized guide to your life and it's very similar to a birth chart but a lot easier to understand so reveals your strengths your weaknesses and who you could become and there are six numbers involved there are three that are calculated from your birthday all right The first one is birth number, then life path number, then attitude number. I'm going to go through what each of these mean here in a minute. And then the last one or last three are pulled from the letters of your name. So soul's urge person. So this is going to be like your nickname is little and then the last thing that you ate. So like little nacho. No. (laughs) (laughs) But I love it's little nacho. (laughs) I had nachos today. Mine would be little garlic breadstick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, okay. that's great. Yes. So there are different numbers meanings. And what I want to put forward first is that each of the different letters of the alphabet has a number assignment. So A through I is one through nine. So if you want to write yeah, out. Yeah, I was a, like, B, wait, wait, wait. F, a through I is one through nine. J through R is one through nine. Wait, what? Wait, what? They're both one through nine? Yes. Yeah. So if you think about this in a grid, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I is one li- is one line. Then underneath that, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R is the next line. Then S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z is the next line. And then A, J, and S are all going to be number ones. B, K, and T are all going to be number twos. Okay. Do you want me to draw you out a thingy? No, I'm fine. I'm just wondering at what point I don't feel like crying. Why is this easier? Because once you have that grid, you can do everything without issue. Okay. So the first thing that you calculate 
is going to be the soul's urge. And this is going to be the inner desires, what makes your soul happy. This is used by adding up all of the vowels in your name based on their numbers. So <laughs> your, so for example, you use the name that you typically use. So for example, if you have, so my first name is Taylor, but maybe I go by Rachel or something. I don't know why I would go by Rachel. I don't know. I would use Rachel and then my last name. If you use your full name, like who uses their full name? Britney Spears. No, like your middle name as well. Britney Lynn Spears. I don't know. I don't know her middle name. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there, like there are celebrities out there that they use their middle name as well. And it's just like, you just can't say their name without it. Chad Michael Murray. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So Chad Michael <laughs> Murray. <laughs> I don't know what generation because... I'm from. <laughs> so they you would use that full name so it's just whatever name you use most commonly i just did my first and last name for it so all of the vowels added up if you have a y in your name that's because you know vowels are sometimes y e-i-o-u sometimes y yes if a vowel is next to a consonant i'm sorry if it's surrounded on either side by a consonant it is considered a vowel if Y is on either is has consonant on either side. If Y has a vowel next to it, no matter what, it is a a consonant. It's rude. And what's what's really weird is that I was trying to figure this out and I looked just a little bit further down the website I was using, and they used my name as the example. They said, so if your name is Taylor, it's used as a consonant. Okay. So I'll give you I'll give you all a second to write down your names and figure out what letters are associated with what numbers. And I'll even post a grid in the show notes so that you can figure your stuff out. Okay. Okay. You should have a series of numbers. I had four vowels in my name. I also have four vowels in my name. Okay, so you're going to add those numbers together. So mine were 1, 6, 3, and 5, which equals out to 15. You're asking me to do a lot. Okay, 22. Okay, now you're going to add the two numbers together. So mine was 15. I add 1 and 5 together. That gives me 6. So you're going to add 2 and 2 together, which gives you 4. Which is a bad luck thing. In China? We ain't in China. Yeah, but someone from China will be like, oh, <laughs> so that is your soul number that's your soul's urge this is basically your inner self and what you want to be so if you have a one for your soul's urge this is you're striving to be successful you see a personal victory you have an urge to win competitions you are determined, bold, individualistic, and you feel best when you have the courage to be yourself and feel completely accepted by your loved ones. If you're a two, you strive to be loved. You live in harmonious environments. You live, or you are very compassionate, intuitive, and forgiving, and you feel best when you are giving kind and generous acts for loved ones and feeling loved in return. For three, you strive to be creative. Happiness comes from creativity. You are imaginative, bubbly, optimistic, 
And you feel best whenever you are creating something or doing something that people really enjoy. So number four, you strive to feel secure. You aim for a solid plan for the future and everything you hope that everything is taken care of. Happiness is whenever you are in a place that you can call home. People can describe you as disciplined and level-headed or stable, and you like to share your knowledge with others. Okay. Yeah. So five is you aim for freedom. You are a restless wanderer. You don't want to be caged in. You can be described as curious, charming, and daring. Traveling is very important to you, and you like to celebrate life and live each day to its fullest. Mm, Missed it. Missed that by one. (laughs) So soul, or I'm sorry, six is going to be, I'm a six. Your soul desires to be a parent. What? To children children or animals. Oh, to animals. animals. There you go. I was like, no, Taylor, no. (laughs) No. No. You like... You like to feel needed and appreciated. You, whether this is a company or a household, your family unit is paramount to your well-being, and you can be described as nurturing, responsible, responsible, and charismatic. And you are the happiest when you are surrounded by loved ones. Okay, so seven is you find solitude in nature. You are surrounded by beauty and serenity of nature, especially whenever you're near a body of water. And you are seeking, wise, and observant. You need a strong spiritual base, and you're open to learning about the mysteries of the world. So, um, was the Frau from Sound of Music that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I find happiness in sunshine. I find happiness in rain. The spring will come again. I remember you just bursting out in that song randomly. Like <laughs> it still happens. Uh huh. It's a good song. So, yeah. A number eight is somebody who strives for financial freedom and independence. Wait, like wait, be- wait, wait. Why doesn't that go with everyone? I feel like everyone in the world <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is an eight right now, and they're just like, I just want to be able to get milk. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's it. So. These people like to be in control of any situation that they are in. They are strong, sincere, and energetic. They wish for money to come easily to them, and they surround themselves with nice things in a beautiful home. I mean, I also would like for money to just be there. Right, yeah. I mean, the next new moon within 48 hours, I'm going to wish for a million bucks, so. (laughs) It's in 48 hours? Yeah, within 48 hours after the new moon starts. But the new moon is in 48 hours? I'm just trying to get my no. wish together. Oh, no. No, I mm. don't know when the next new moon is, actually. We'll have to find it. Hmm. So, nine is somebody that is strives to live in the moment. They like to let go of old family pain and embrace a bright future. They are compassionate, idealistic, and generous. And they like fighting for ideals, being an activist, and helping others. Okay. Okay, so the next one is going to be your personality number. And this is going to be adding up the consonants of your name. So I'll give you a second to do that. (music) 
All right. That was ridiculous. Okay. So now that you have all of your numbers, you're going to add them together just like the first one. No. Yep. Okay. Now I have to get an actual calculator. Like this is too much. I don't do simple math. No, I do not. No. (laughs) Crap. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So whenever I added mine together, I got 51. The next part, yeah, I know. The next part is going to be adding those two digits together. So five plus one for me is six. Okay. This one was an easy one. I didn't need as much time. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) Okay. So your personality number represents the aspects of your character that you show to others. So if you have a one personality, you're a natural leader. You command the attention of others. You are ambitious, strong-willed, determined, and egotistic. You can come off as egotistic. People will follow the trends that you start. We, 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 we. For you to have a one. Your numbers would have to add up to 10. You would have like no consonants. Yeah, I was like, your name would just have to be like, like you would have nothing else (laughs) in there. It's just. You'd be AJ or something like that. It's literally just the J and the Y. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number two is going to be somebody that is trustworthy. Strangers will look to you for help, loving, caring, fair, and sometimes you can come off as indecisive. People think you're a sweetheart, though. Okay. Number three is people that are deeply creative They have a knack for drawing a crowd with engaging storytelling. They tend to be talented, hilarious, and interesting, but they can exaggerate a lot. Okay, you're not on my number, so, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Shut up. Let me go through everybody (laughs) else's numbers. I'm just saying that sounds a lot like me, so. So, these people enjoy the spotlight. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Yep, there it is. So, number four is going to be you come off as reliable. You are seen as a pillar of strength and you tend to be steady, organized with incredible and incredibly knowledgeable. Why can't I talk today? I don't know. But people tend to think that you can be too serious. They believe you have all the answers. Why so serious? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Number five. These people tend to come off as life of the party. They are drawn to charisma and energy. They are adventurous, passionate, and fun, but they could come off as not very reliable, but they have a jet set vibe and they are always on the move. Okay. Number six. I'm a number six. Mm -hmm. So this is the helper. This is the mom friend wherever you are, whether you want to be the mom friend or not. Hmm. These people tend to come off as caring, responsibility, I'm sorry, responsible and easygoing, but they tend to be overly giving to the loved ones and they tend to be the peacemaker. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Number seven, this is going to be the introvert. Hmm. They are very solid. They enjoy solitude and they can easily read others. They are intelligent and opinionated and deep, but they can come off as blunt and distant and they are seekers of knowledge and the truth. And the number eight is the high achiever. They know what they want and will do whatever it takes to get it. They are ambitious, confident, resourceful, and they appear to be in charge and they 
have a good sense of style and success that others can be intimidated by. All right. And then number nine. Are you a number nine? I'm going to let you guess. This is an old soul. Wise beyond their years. Strong and positive vibe. Charming, idealistic, inspiring. But they can come off to be a know-it-all. They have the ability to influence others. I'm a seven, bitch. You're seven? Okay, that fits very well to you. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, she's either a seven or a nine. I'm not sure which one it is. Okay, so you ready to do the power number? Oh my God, there's another one? There's a bunch. There's six. Are we doing all of them? Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> so much. How dare you give. You were so excited for an activity and now you don't want to do the activity. I wanted a good this activity. Is, this is involved. This is Aries. <laughs> eat, okay. Eat a dick. So this next one is really easy. This is the strength of your character. All you have to do is add your personality number to your soul urge number. So, for example, mine was six and six. So mine was 12. Okay. I was like, how much is four and seven? I got it. It's Whitney. (laughs) (laughs) So now you're going to take, for me, it was 12. So one plus two equals three. For you, 11. One plus one equals two. Oh, I'm getting close to. (sighs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) Okay, so your power number. Mm -hmm. Number one is going to be the drive to be the best. They work hard, they play harder. And then in parentheses, I said, (laughs) said, if you're hard, you're hard. If you're hard, you're hard. (laughs) Gets me every time. They have high ambition. They tend to be very original. They have a high independence. And their goal is to be number one in their profession. Okay. So number two, this is going to be... The ability to love. They like to bring people together and create strong relationships. Diplomacy, kindness, and understanding. They love to be surrounded by love. I love love. I love love. (sighs) So number three, this is me. Creativity. You tend to be a natural showman. You have optimism, passion, and the ability to communicate. And you you like to create something that inspires others. Which, yeah, I'm a professor. I feel like that fits me really well. So yeah. Yeah. Number four is stability. You tend to be level-headed and have your wisdom is a point of pride. You like to be reliable, organized, and you have strong emotional strength or high emotional strength. And you want to build a life you can be proud of. Number five is you have boundless energy. You celebrate. Why can't I talk? What's wrong with you? I am not okay. (laughs) You celebrate life each day, I guess, for all its gifts. You have charm, you have curiosity, you are adventurous, and you experience everything. You learn as much as you can, and you gain many talents. Okay. Number six is a natural magnetism. You are drawn to loving and nurturing, or people are drawn to you because you have a loving and nurturing nature. You are caring, sincere, and selfless. You live in a beautiful home with people you love and care for. Number seven is high intuition. You like to seek out knowledge and mysteries about the universe. You strive for understanding. You are intelligent and observant. You have a strong spiritual base. And then number eight is the determination for financial success. Wasn't this the same guy? Yeah, basically. 
So you like to surround yourself with nice things and work hard to get them. You have discipline, practicality, and drive, and financial security and position of power is what you strive for. And then number nine, a need to save the world. Humanitarian with well-developed social conscious, compassion, tolerance, and open-mindedness, and this has a personal sense of purpose in the world. So those last three numbers to reiterate, number the soul's urge are your inner desires, what makes your soul happy. Your personality number is what you show to others. And then the power number is the strengths of your character. So what you do your best in. Okay. I do my best in love. You do. All right. What other math problems am I doing? What else? The last three. We have the birthday number, how others see you at first glance. You're going to add up the numbers of your birthday together. So mine was one five. So mine ended up being six. Six is a recurring number for me. And it's kind of weird. Three of my numbers end up being six. What if mine's not a number? Wait, hold on. Because 19. 19, one plus nine is 10. Yeah, but your stuff only goes one through nine. Yes. Oh, we're not there yet? God damn it. Because you have one plus nine is going to be 10. So it's just one plus zero. So that's, yeah, you're a one. Plus one, plus one, plus two, plus one. (laughs) Plus two, plus one. It's too too much math. It's too late for this. Oh, no, I was was quoting Clue. I know, yeah. Mm. So you've got a one and a nine. You add those together. That equals 10. And then you do a one plus a zero, which is one. Okay, so for everyone else, at any point that they have had a double number for their soul or... You add those two numbers together to get a single digit number. I was like, I already forgot what the other ones... Okay, so I'm dwindling because I went... I was closer to... And now I am... So... Yeah, basically. Okay. So, your birthday number, remember that this is going to be... This is going to be how others see you at first glance. So, people see... People that are ones, they see someone who doesn't follow the status quo. These are people that value individuality above all else. They have very high leadership qualities and they command every room. Who are you talking to? That is incorrect. (laughs) Highly incorrect. I feel affronted. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how you come off to other people. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe I do. I don't... I guess if you guys know me in real life, can you let me know? <laughs> so twos were are come off as trustworthy. They see both sides of the situation and they give fair advice and guidance and people are drawn to them because of gentle nature and psychic abilities. Okay. Three is you tend to come off as leaving a big impression You radiate joy. You are quick to tell a funny story or crack a joke. People guess that you're an artist because they feel your creative aura. I feel like that's dad, but I don't know. Wait, dad would be. That's I'm like, there's a one. There's several things. Dad's like me. Oh, yeah. Dad's a one. And that makes sense for dad. Yeah. No. For fours, these people come off as very serious. They can handle any situation in a quick and orderly manner. People are impressed by their ability to notice small details and a no-nonsense way of speaking, and they like to get to the point. Okay. Okay. Five is going to be the bubbly extrovert. They have a quick wit, fun-loving, and charming. 
People think that you're ready to strike up a conversation with anybody and you always come off as ready to party. Okay, I feel like maybe that's actually what mine is because for some reason, people think it's necessary to talk to me in the grocery store and I, one, don't work there. Two, (laughs) don't want to talk to you. So why are you guys coming up to me and talking to me? I don't care what kind of candy you like at Halloween time. Good for you. (laughs) Move along. Also, don't tell me what kind of freaking... Graham, Teddy Grahams to get so my children will eat them. Fuck yeah. You. I was like, I'm making cupcakes. And she was like, well, still your kids will like this better. Ma'am, I don't have kids. Thank you, though. <laughs> Move on. Thank don't you. Don't assume. Okay, so our sixes, I'm a six. These, you come off as having a big presence. People feel your presence. You have a dynamic personality that people indulge in. And this means that small children and animals like to connect with you. Okay. Which is true. I tend to have children, like, all I can think of is Thanksgivings whenever mm-hmm. our cousins, kids would, like, they'd be like, Taylor's a geologist, and they would just come up, and they'd be like, is this, for, is this, what are they, is this gold? No, it's dirty quartz. Is this a diamond? No, it's quartz. Like, just all of, yeah. I can't wait okay. for Thanksgiving with my kids. I know, <laughs> but that'll, like, 100%, I'm gonna be like, y'all wanna go find some dinosaur tracks? Like, it's gonna be a thing. Are you okay. going to, oh my God, are you going to like put on like dinosaur shoes and make tracks wherever we are? So I have like, planned oh. on it, yeah. Yeah, I have planned on it. You're, I'm I'm literally just going to turn your children into little paleontologists, geologists, meteorologists. I'm okay it's with it. I'm used to it, so yeah. whatever. <laughs> okay, so number sevens, these people come off as difficult to read. People don't know how to take you at first. They seem in, or they sense intelligence and they tend to be intimidated by that. You tend to be so quiet that people can't figure out what you're thinking and you have an air of mystery about you. So oh. fun fact, mom is a seven. Oh. Oh. Eights tend to be, you are surrounded by quality. You come off as being surrounded by quality. So people think you have an excellent taste in clothes, food, books, whatever. And you have a very intense nature. So people are typically intimidated by you. And then a nine, this is going to be a helper. They guide others through difficult problems and struggles. People believe you have all the answers and you are come off as friendly enough that people feel comfortable confiding their troubles in you. Okay. Okay. So those are the birth date numbers. The next one is going to be the life path number. This is going to be the path that you must take in life. You're going to add up the numbers of your full birthday. So month, day, and then the four-digit year. So once you've got that number again, if it's a double digit number, you're going to add those two digits together. Mine was three, 34, so my final number is seven. Okay. Okay. So reminder, this is the path you must take in life and your core identity. So if you have a one, your path is the leader. You are success oriented, fierce. You have a fierce and competitive drive to be the best at what you do. You are self-motivated, independent, and a hard worker. You tend to be a natural leader. You tend to be innovative. You have a determination for achievement and you enjoy challenges. However, you struggle with self 
self-doubt and you can be your own worst critic. So be kind to yourself and don't let your ego keep from keep you from asking others for help. Okay. Number two is going to be the peacemaker. They are diplomats. They cannot stand conflict. I feel like I am partially a number two, but I'm not. I feel like um, I'm 100% one. But. <laughs> they can see both sides of a situation without judgment because they are understanding and open-minded. Oh, that's... That's that, where I that, lost it. <laughs> that's where the judgment. Ooh, okay. They are empathetic, compassionate, loyal. They crave unconditional love. They have a psychic nature and they are deeply intuitive. They tend to sense things before things happen. They're very sen sensitive. So they feel the emotions of others, which means they can end up being emotionally drained. And if this is the case for you, you should work on setting hard boundaries so that you can keep your inner peace. Like, really? Together. I'm not a two? Really? Hmm. I know, right? Like I, everything but that judgmental part. Yeah. Fits me. So. <laughs> I'm a judgmental hoe. <laughs> a judgmental bitch. So the third number three is going to be the artist. You are a natural showman. You have a grand and dramatic entrance just because you can do it. I mean, <laughs> fuck, why not? I've done it. Creativity, you tend to be, you provide entertainment. You have great communication. You love to laugh. You are a creative soul. You have sharp wit and a great storytelling ability. You are loyal. You stand by the person no matter what. And you tend to be very optimistic. However, you tend to struggle with loneliness a lot. So you should learn to love yourself. Aww. Yes. Number four is the builder. These people are hard workers. They enjoy putting things together like puzzles, projects, life problems, that kind of stuff. They tend to be very down to earth, practical and responsible they need a solid plan for life to feel happy and stable. They like to be detailed oriented and like to put things in their place. Their organizational abilities is the stuff of legend. And I'm like, why am I not a four? <laughs> um, they enjoy teaching others. Home is a safe haven for them, but they struggle with the fear of risks. Okay. Okay. Number five is the adventurer. They are out there looking for adventure. They love change and they can't be tied down. They will go wherever the wind blows. They love meeting new people, learning new things, and visiting new places. They are bubbly, free spirits. And they like living life to the fullest. They have a fear of commitment, though. So they need to learn to well, commit to things. Because they're free spirits. Yas. You know. So number six is the parent. This is a person that is the mom of their friend group. If they don't have children, everything else is children. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> that was how I was put. If they don't actually have children, everything else can be considered children. Whether that's animals or your friend group or your work, your colleagues, all of them can be considered children. Okay. They make sure everything is taken care of and they like to take control of situations. They are loving, warm, nurturing, charming. They are family and community oriented and togetherness is very important with them. But they struggle with giving too much of themselves for uh, to others. So they have to work on putting up boundaries as well. Hmm. Okay, number seven. I'm a number seven. Air of mystery about them. People really can't figure them out. They analyze and observe others. They are introverted and would rather have one to two deep friendships than many acquaintances. They are intelligent, intuitive, and they love research. Mm -hmm. The entire astrology series. They feel best when they are outside and surrounded by natural beauty, especially water, which I'm like. Guess who's retiring to a private island because I dream big. 
You are not they, a number eight. Reel it in, okay? That money's I'm not happening. S- <laughs> right. So they also crave a strong spiritual base, so they tend to do a lot of inner looking and that kind of stuff. Mm. Number eight is the executive. A visionary, they see success and they want to make it a reality. They need to feel financial success success in order to feel safe. That sounds Hard right for the current number eights that we've all been seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are hard workers. They ambitious. They ha- tend to be authority figures, goal oriented and organized. They're honest. They refuse to lie. Even if it means getting ahead, they struggle with taking advice. And because number eight is an infinity symbol, there's a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows. Oh, that's why Jesus is eight, eight, eight. Oh yeah. Infinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So number nine is the humanitarian. It is special because it contains qualities of all of the other numbers. Strong vibrations, they also they often end up being in a position of power. They are friendly, compassionate, idealistic, deeply creative. They have healing qualities, humanitarians. We got a wizard on our hands, y'all. <laughs> a wizard. They are developed to the social conscious and they are deeply spiritual and they need a lot of introspection, but they struggle most with healing from old wounds. Hmm. They can heal others, but not themselves. Yes. We've got two bonus numbers. So the only instance in which you're allowed to have two digits is if you are a number 11 or a number 22. Not you? Nope. Nope, not me either. So if you are an 11, this is considered a master number. This is the master empath. They tend to have a stronger vibration than most numbers. So they tend to be very like overly with this. They are deeply intuitive, sensitive to others' emotions, and can pick up on things that others don't. They are charismatic, inventive, and idealistic, and they rely on faith rather than logic. And these people tend to be drawn more towards astrology, tarot, and numerology. Hmm. Anxiety is the struggle. (laughs) And I'm like... Fair. Apparently, I'm an 11, yo. (laughs) Fair. So I take it if 11 is the master of numbers... 22 is like boss mode and so like final level no it's not that it's the master of numbers it's just a master number meaning that it just has a stronger influence yeah and this one's boss mode 22 is the master builder these are visionaries who manifest ideas into reality they don't wait on potential because of their practical nature so they don't wait on like things that might happen they Mm want to do the thing They strive to serve humanity with the greater good, and they're responsible, intuitive, and knowledgeable, but they struggle with the fear of failure. Okay. Okay. Then the final number. This one is the attitude number, which is what you're giving me right now, Lotta. (laughs) (laughs) So much. (laughs) This one, you add up your birthday and your birth month. So just month and day, and then you're done. Okay. Okay. So I'm a number nine on this. Are you good? If it's two digits, I have to add it again, right? Yes. Yeah. This is, this one doesn't have double digits. Well, all right. Okay. You good? Yeah. Okay. Attitude number is your attitude towards life. So how you react to things whenever stuff comes at you. Okay. So number one's 
don't like asking for help. They prefer to be self-sufficient and they like to have control over the destiny. They like to be self-motivated. Number two, please tell me you're number two. I'm going to let you guess. Okay. These people wear their heart on their sleeve. (laughs) They tend to be easygoing and willing to give people the benefit of the doubt. They are motivated by a desire to receive and give love. So number three is young at heart. They have a natural enthusiasm and childlike wonderment and they're, people are going to think that you're younger than you are. Oh, that's just what my face does. Your moods tend to be big and they can affect others. Okay. It's also what my face does. <laughs> number four, you tend to favor logic. You combat the chaos of life with lists and keeping track of details you are prepared for every situation and keeping organized is important, which I'm like, maybe I'm a four. I was like, are you a four? I'm, I'm a nine. Number five is carefree approach, approach to life. Variety is the spice of life. Don't like routine and we'll switch things up. Every day is a new adventure. I am vehemently not a five. Like, no, that sounds terrible to me. I'm a five. Okay. Are you really? That do- What? <laughs> I think your numerology stuff is like kind of not on par. It doesn't seem to fit. It doesn't seem to fit as well. For me, it fits really well. But like for you, it's just not vibing. Mm -mm. Because even your last one, I was a six. And I don't, I don't remember what that was, but I even at that one was like, that one doesn't fit either. A six was the parent, the mom of their friend group. Oh wait. Yeah. That one fit. Oh yeah. That fits really well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's even if they don't have children everything else is children it's true yeah okay so no that does fit with you okay but moving okay on. number six in the attitude these are natural caregivers who like to nurture others they are the first to offer someone a place to stay or to take in a stray animal they like to take on responsibility they do well in high stress situations where you have to spring into action and fix it Number seven are people that keep things close to their chest. They don't like to reveal emotions. They are always analyzing. They're introspective and deeply spiritual. And they are always searching for the answers to life's questions, which we already know is 42. They only reveal their thoughts and opinions to those who they truly trust. Dad and I have the same attitude. Yep, you sure do. Yeah, you're both fives. Okay. Sorry, my brain was like... Okay. So... Number eight, these are people that don't like to sugarcoat things. They have no problem telling others what they think. They live honestly and they have no use for phoniness. They are driven by ambition and work ethic. Money is important because it represents stability and security in keeping with the classic number eight theme. Mm -hmm. And then number nine is the motto is how can I help others? They are humanitarians and compassionate leaders. They want to make the world a better place. They are great activists because of social conscious and the ability to attract loyal followers. Okay. And I, I'm a number nine. Mm-hmm. So putting all of those together is basically what? the groundwork for everything that you are. Oh, okay. Because I was like, are we still doing more math? Like now I have to add up everything? Because nope. it's nope, a lot of I'm numbers. I'm just saying putting, putting all those descriptions together okay. is... A roadmap for who you are, who you strive to be, and all that kind of stuff. So that is the end of the astrology series. Yay!
yes. So y'all, I'm sure are very happy <laughs> that it's the end. I'm a little happy it's the end of the astrology yeah. series. I mean, this um, alone was a very long episode. It was. But yeah, so this, like I said, I will have the fortune telling stuff eventually whenever I feel like getting back into astrology things. Until then, I am going to be working on different series and that kind of stuff. So if you want to reach out and tell us, you know, if you feel like sharing what your numerology is or anything like that, we'd be interested to hear it. Or at least I would. Whitney would probably be like, meh. But I mean, you get the messages anyway. So you can just, if you're like, oh, that sounds fascinating, yeah. you can let me know. And if not, um, I'm with you guys in spirit. <laughs> so... Yes, if you're interested in that, you can reach out to us at Instagram as the Ghost Sisters TX, or you can hit us up on our Gmail, the Ghost Sisters TX at gmail.com. We're out on YouTube and everywhere that you could possibly listen to spot or a podcast. So Hell yeah. Yeah. With that, we will Spook you later, bitches. Spook you later. Bye. Bye.